Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 14. I want us to read together. One, two, three, go. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The second epistle to the Corinthians was written from Philippi, a city of Macedonia, by Titus and Lucas. So the Apostle Paul is concluding this second epistle to the Corinthian church. And in his conclusion, he puts that single verse there, which I know most of us are familiar with, and probably we've used it in our churches, in our services, even in our personal prayers, as a benediction, as a closing kind of shared prayer as we come to the end of the service. So number one, the Apostle Paul talks about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you know, last month, it was the month of grace. And I taught extens extensively on grace. And I mentioned that there's a difference between the grace of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? And I also defined grace um, contrary to what most theologians say grace is. Most people define grace as God's unmerited favor. And I mentioned that defining grace as God's unmerited favor is not defining, actually. It's just describing it. Because grace can be described as being given what you didn't deserve. And what you deserved is not given to you. Amen. So that's unmerited favor. You get what you didn't work for. Where God was supposed to punish you, he pardoned you. Oh, yes. Where you were supposed to pay something to God for your sins. He gave you the thing to pay him. He paid it on your behalf. Amen. That one is grace. But it's a, it's a description of grace. But when you try to define grace, you discover that grace is the divine enablement. Divine empowerment of God in a person's life. It's God's enablement. God's empowerment. Grace empowers you. Grace enables you. Because even the salvation, we talk about salvation, we say, I chose to follow Jesus. You didn't choose to follow Jesus. Jesus came after you. Oh, yes. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. In an ordinary day, everyday language, you can say, I chose. No, he came after you. Religion is man looking for God. Amen. Christianity is God looking for man. He came after you. He came for you. And he got you for himself. Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? So, when we talk about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the exchange. Is the exchange that Jesus was willing to take your place so that you can take his place. I like saying it this way. He came down into your realm so that he can take you out of your realm into his realm. Are you hearing me? He came down, joined you, not to be a part of you and remain a part of you. No, he came down to your level so they can take you out 
and bring you to his dimension. And bring you to his level. Are you hearing me? So when you become born again, you become the most dangerous creation ever existed. Why? That's why the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, not a new human being. No, not a new dog, not a new cat, but a new creature. Amen. Someone say creature. creature. Different from human beings. Different from angels. This is the God kind of creature. Someone say creature. creature. It can operate in the realm of the spirit. It can operate in the physical realm. This dangerous creature, it's seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Right now as I'm talking, it's seated with Christ in the heavenly places. As I'm speaking now. And you can look at them and say, ah, they are seated in Hombush. No. We are a creature. Oh, yes. <laughs> Say, I am a new creature. I am a new creature. <laughs> oh my God. This is amazing. So Jesus, the Bible says when you look at that second Corinthians chapter 5, the very last verse, verse number 21. God made him to be seen for us. Him who you know see. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Exchange grace. He exchanged positions. I don't know whether you're hearing me. That is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then number two says what? The love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. I told you that love is very problematic. Love is very, very problematic. I'm telling you, when you've got love in you, that love troubles you until it is expressed. I was praying one day. God said, I'm going to make you feel my love. I said, okay, sir, let's do this thing now. So, in that moment, what happened was, I began to feel the love of God. The way God loves the world. It was shocking because in that moment, what happened to me was, I began to look for an object to express the love on. Then I began to understand the problem of God. That God is love. And as love, he cannot just love himself. And stay by himself. And be by himself. And enjoy by himself. Are you hearing me? Because love troubles you to be expressed. So I began to understand how God operates. That in that moment when God is in that place where God is love, he has no choice but to find an object. Even if the object is not deserving. Because he needs to have a vent. He needs to release. He needs to express it. Are you hearing me? So he finds an object and then expresses the love on the object. I said, Lord, I understand how you feel. Love is problematic. Love troubles you. Love forces you. So even if the person has wronged against you, they owe you an apology. Love does not wait for an apology to come. No, love goes after the person who has wronged you. And you reach out to the person. Are you hearing me, somebody? Say yes. 
Love troubles you. Love troubles you. Love is problematic. And many times you say, me, I'm a child of God. I love. No, you haven't even begun. You haven't even begun. Because your love is a suspect. You, you, you live in your own little world. You want everyone to come in that little world and say, I love you. I love. No, love is not waiting to receive. No, love is a giver. Amen. Love goes after. Are you hearing me? Love does not wait for someone to come to you. Uh -uh. But love goes after. Love pursues. Are you hearing me? This is the love of the Father. This is the love of God. Someone say yes. This is the love of God. He has no choice. Even if you are the worst sinner, he has no choice. His love is strong enough to come after you. It must be expressed. It must be released. It must find an object. I said, Lord, I understand. Now I know why even in the worst sinner, God is so a murderer, an assassin. You saw the Bible, the New Testament being written in him. You saw First Corinthians. You saw Second Corinthians. You saw Romans. You saw Acts of the Apostles. Right inside of him. You saw Philippians. You saw Colossians. You saw the Hebrews. You saw Titus. You saw First Timothy. Second Timothy. First Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. They were all hidden in a murderer. The love of God went inside of him and he brought them out. Someone say yes. It doesn't matter how your life looks like today. I'm here to prophesy to you. The love of God is going to bring the best out of you. Someone say, I received that one, my prophet. Are you hearing me? It doesn't matter how your life looks like. It doesn't matter what blunders you've made in the past. Listen to my listen real good. The love of God is going to reach out inside of you. And bring the best out of you. Are you hearing me? Someone say, the love of God. Ha! Ah. Hey! Are you hearing me? Ah, I hear people say, I no longer love you now. I, you know, I no longer love you. What do they mean? What do they mean? Did they ever first love in the first place anyway? They were lying. Because love is problematic. Love knows no boundary. Love doesn't come to an end. There's nothing like, now, now, now I stopped loving you. Now, no, you go your way, I'll go my way. No. Someone say no. <laughs> Love is problematic. So the apostle Paul, as he finishes this letter to the Corinthians, he reminds them, number one, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, the love of God. If there was a church that was very undeserving of the love of God, it's the Corinthian church. Because if you read that, that book from, the, from, chapter, from 1 Corinthians, it was about divisions. They were carnal. They were fighting. Someone says, me, I'm an apostle Paul. The other one says, me, I'm going to Barnabas. Me, I'm going to Apollo. Hey, what are you talking about? There were divisions. They were very undeserving. But the love of God is greater than the undeservingness. I don't know about you. I told you the other day, I said I had a truckload of sins. I needed a trainload of grace. 
but the love of God was able to reach out and get me where I was. When people around me saw this timid young boy, I was very skinny. I wasn't this big. I was very skinny. Very, very skinny. I wasn't even looking handsome the way I'm looking now, you know. Send that back. Hey. But that love, that love saw the best out of me. You know, you, you meet people and you meet some people, all they know to see is the negatives in your life. They are not walking in love. I'm telling you. All they see are your weaknesses. They can talk about your weaknesses morning to night, from Monday to Sunday. Just your weaknesses. They've got even an album of your weaknesses. I'm telling you. An encyclopedia of your weaknesses. But you see, love covereth a multitude of weaknesses. Love covereth a multitude of sins. You see the best in people. Am I talking to someone right here? Are you hearing me? Say yes. You see the best in people. Love sees the best. Who, who doesn't have weaknesses? Who doesn't have skirmishes? But love sees the best in people. Someone said the best. So the apostle Paul reminds them, hey, don't forget, guys, the love of God. I have discovered one thing that the devil does when he's trying to attack you is to make you question the love of God. Once he gets you in that state where you begin to question the love of God, he's got you. Because you can't go to God for any help. Because you're questioning his love. You can't go to God you know, to confess your sins. Because you are questioning his love. But any person who is grounded, rooted in the love of the Father, even if you find yourself in a big predicament, you know where to go. You know where to go. You know who to talk to. Are you hearing me, somebody? Say yes. You talk to your father. And when the devil starts to go, nah, 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 you don't know, shut up. This is a family affair. He is my father. I'm going to talk to my daddy. What are you talking about, devil? Are you hearing me? Say yes. It's a family affair. Someone said it's a family affair. Yeah. The love of God. Someone said the love of God. I'm telling you. When you get rooted and grounded in that love, the love of the Father, you become unshakable. You become immovable. You become impregnable. You become unstoppable. Are you hearing me? Why? Because you are rooted and grounded in the love of the Father. The Apostle Paul borrows concepts from two industries, agriculture and construction. The higher the building is going to be, the deeper the foundation it must be. The bigger the tree is going to be, the deeper the roots must go. So when the apostle Paul says, rooted and grounded in love, what is he talking? He's talking about the rain, the breadth, the width, and the height. And that's a problem. It's a problem because we live in a 3D. We live in a 3D world. 
But Apostle Paul is showing that the love of God is already in the fourth dimension. It's 4D. Someone say 4D. 4D. Four dimensions. Height and depth. Not is it only high, it is also what? Not is it only wide, it is also long. Are you hearing me? Let me finish. Today I'm not keeping you until 6 p.m. I'm going to send you home very soon. (laughs) Now I want to prophesy today. And he says, and the communion of the Holy Ghost. Someone say communion. communion. The Greek word used there is koinonia. Koinonia. I don't know how they pronounce it. By koinonia. Koinonia. The way it sounds. Amen. So K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinonia or koinonia. My mother said when you say K, it's a K. When you say an O, it's an O. When you say an I, it's an I. When you say an N, it's an N. When you say an O, it's an O. When you say an N, it's an N. <laughs> I is I. A is A. So it's koinonia. <laughs> koinonia. Or koinonia. I don't know how they pronounce it. So you see, that's a very important word for us to understand as children of God. Koinonia or koinonia. Simply means a partnership. Someone say partnership. Partnership. It also means a participation. Someone say participation. Participation. It also means... um, (laughs) Should I say that one? Are you sure? I know you know fellowship because other versions have used what? Fellowship. But there's another word that probably we may not be familiar with. It also means social intercourse. I know you only know the other dimension. <laughs> Leave that alone. Amen. We are in the presence of God. Oh, yeah. Switch off your minds. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when the Bible says the communion of the Holy Spirit, it's talking about the partnership. This is a partnership between you and the Holy Spirit. We don't know that the Holy Ghost came to be our partner. I don't know whether you're hearing me. We only think about the Holy Ghost as someone to help us to speak in tongues. It's beyond speaking tongues. The Holy Ghost came as your partner. Are you hearing me? Someone who is going to stand with you. He's going to walk with you. He's going to work with you. He's going to rise up with you. He's going to sleep with you. Are you hearing me? He's always there for you and with you. It's a partnership. So when you talk about partnership, you're talking about achieving greater results than you could have done by yourself. And that he could have done by himself. Mm, You're not hearing me. Are you hearing me? Someone say partnership. It's a partnership. So you know that individually, you can't achieve greater results than than the two of you. It has to take the two of you. You know, it's like uh, the other simple concept in the Bible is joint heirs. 
The Bible says we are what? Joint heirs with who? So in other words, without you, Jesus will not inherit. And without Jesus, you can't inherit. It doesn't mean 50-50. No. If Jesus comes and says, Father, I am here to inherit, God will say, no. Where's the joint heir? And when you show up yourself, hey, Father, I'm here to inherit. God will say, no, no, no. Where's the Redeemer? So the two of you must appear together to own everything. That's joint heirs. Not 50-50 heirs. You take 50, I'll take 50. No. Joint heirs. I don't know if you're hearing me. So when we talk about the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, we're talking about a partnership. Most of us, we think outside the Holy Spirit. We think in the realm of humanity. We look at ourselves as ourselves. We think of us as us. We think of us as having no one to help us. We think of us as just using our own ability and our own power. Listen to me and listen real good. You see, God gave you the Holy Ghost to be your partner. So even if you are talking about a solo business, no, you are wrong. As a child of God, there's no solo business. There's no solo trader. You are already in a partnership with the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? You're already in a partnership with the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? So in other words, there's no failure. There's no limitation. There's no day you're going to say, I am alone. What do you mean you're alone? What do you mean you're alone? Someone say partnership. He's there for you. Someone say partnership. Huh? Hey. Number two, participation. Someone say participation. participation. You know, participation is very important. The Holy Ghost does not only teach you. He allows you to participate. You are not a passive partner in the partnership. Amen. You are a participative partner in the partnership. Yeah, that's very good English. <laughs> you are participating. Are you hearing me? So you see, when you when, when you lay hands on the sick, ta, the first time that no, I will not lay hands. On. <laughs> you get drunk. You want to hear the rest of the service, and your people there want to have an interpreter. You see, <laughs> participative partnership. The Holy Ghost does not just do things for you. He allows you to participate. Not just doing things for you. No. Even when it comes to prayer, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray, to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with the groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So what does it mean? When you go into prayer, number one, you are handicapped. Double, in fact, double handicapped. You don't know what to pray for and you don't know how to pray for what you don't know what to pray for. Amen. Double chobadi. That's correct. Double chobadi. 
Now, the Holy Ghost comes to help you in that prayer. So he doesn't come to pray on your behalf. That you are sleeping. And then the Holy Ghost is busy praying in the next room. No, he won't do that. But you have to participate as an equal participant in the relationship with the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? So what it means, you have to open your mouth, begin to pray. And then he will take over. Begin to make intercession from within you. Are you hearing me? It's a partnership. Together you achieve results. Together you go to higher levels. Together you go higher. Am I talking to someone right here? Together you begin to change things around you. Am I talking to someone right here? Say yes. Can I go one level deeper? Listen to this. Every spirit is illegal on earth. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Every spirit is illegal on earth. Are you hearing me? Whether it's holy or not holy, as long as it's a spirit, it is illegal on earth. Because the earth was never created for spirits. It was never given to spirits. It was given to man. So any spirit which wants to operate on earth must have a partnership with an earthy dweller. You are not hearing me. They have to partner with someone who is an earthy dweller. That's why even a demon does not just walk down the streets. Hey, look, hey, hey, demon. No, it has to enter an earthy dweller. It has to enter a body and express itself through the body. Are you hearing me? So the Holy Ghost cannot come here begin to preach. No matter how much intercession you do. Holy Spirit, we pray on Sunday, come preach to us. No. He will not come and preach. Are you hearing me? He will go look for a partner. He will go and look for a partner. A united vessel. He will find it somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Are you hearing me? And he take the person and he partner with him and begin to preach the gospel. Say yes. Say Holy Spirit. I am ready. Partner with me. Let's do big things. In Jesus' name. Say yes. <laughs> Say neighbor. I am dangerous. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Every spirit. <laughs> Is illegal on earth. It must function by the permission of man. So we know prayer. Prayer is talking to God. But can I, can I talk like to mature people? Prayer is not talking to God. Prayer is giving God permission to intervene in the earthly realm. So when the devil says, why are you intervening? God says, why are you asking me? I've got permission wow. from someone in the earth. Amen. Is it making sense? In the book of Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make man in our, after our, let us have dominion. Let us have dominion. Let us have dominion. I'm catching you right there. Your, your answers are suspect. It says what? Let them have dominion. What did he say? Let them have dominion. God 
excluded himself in the dominion of the earth. Let them have dominion. So it's only one who was given by dominion by God who can invite God to come intervene in the earthly realm. That's why your prayer is very important. That's why your prayer is very powerful. So when you say, oh Lord, I pray, do this too. You're giving him permission to intervene. Without that, he'll be illegal. That's why even Jesus, he didn't come like an angel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hebrews 2 verse number 14 and 15. He did not take on himself the form of an angel. But he took on him the form of the seed of Abraham. Why? Because this seed of Abraham is an earthling. Who has given dominion on the earth. So Jesus had to come like one of them. If Jesus came like an angel, the devil said, no, 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 time out, sir. You are illegal. You cannot deliver them. You are illegal. I didn't take my authority from an angel. I got my authority from who? Adam. Someone said partnership. So you see, you are an equal as in A-N, not U-N. Because they, they are all pronounced the same, aren't they? You are an equal partner in this business with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs you. The Holy Spirit, for him to achieve what he came for, he depends on you. So that statement, the communion of the Spirit is bigger than just mentioning it at the end of the service. I think we should be mentioning at the beginning of the service. We should be praying that prayer at the beginning of the service, at the beginning of your day. When you walk up in your office, you're like, yeah, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Be with me to tell them in my office. In the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? Not when you finish. You are doing it by yourself. Now you want him to partner with you at the end. What for? No wonder people who are born again achieve human results. They forget the partnership of the Holy Ghost. As a born again child of God, you are not supposed to achieve human results. It's neither by power (laughs) nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Things must move at supernatural speed in your life. Things must happen at a supernatural dimension. Your results must be supernatural. Your achievement if you're a student in class must be supernatural. There was a young man called Daniel. The Bible says an excellent spirit was found in him. He beat all the magicians. He beat all the philosophers. He beat all the psychics. And he became their boss. Because of excellence. Someone said, I received that one. one. Even for my children. children. Someone said, partnership. The last one was uh social something. You remember that one? Social. What does he mean? 
We want to produce the fruit of the Spirit. But we do not understand that that fruit of the Spirit can only come after pollination. Uh, I've, used, I've used pollination because that's a safer one. I meant to use the other one, but I'll leave that alone. It can only happen after fertilization. Without fertilization, there's no fruit. Without pollination, there's no fruit. So people want to produce the fruit of the spirit. They forget that fruit can only come after fertilization. So God gave you his spirit, not just to come there and make you feel good and speak in tongues. No, it was to come and fertilize your life. So that now you can begin to produce the fruit of the spirit. It's only people who are in that communion. Uh, now, now you're understanding. It's only people who are in that communion with the Holy Ghost who are able to produce fruit. Not needing the Holy Ghost only when it comes to prayer. Amen. No. But every single day communion. I've got too many small ears at the back, so I'll leave that alone. You get the point. You get the point? It is this fellowship, communion of the Holy Ghost, that produces the spiritual in you. I don't know whether you're hearing me. That's why people who are worshippers, people who are worshippers, people who are worshippers, these ones, you can see the fruit of the spirit in them. But people who are beggars, you see the greedy of the body in them. Oh, they want to, God, I need this. Oh, God, I need this. In the name of Jesus, I need this. Hey, hey, hey. Communion takes place in worship. Mm. Hey, hey. Communion takes place in worship. When you're worshiping the Father, communion begins to take place. And then you see your life changing. Asking from God it does not change your life. It is worshiping God that changes your life. The church has majored on asking. It's a major thing for the church. Asking. Let's ask the Father. Let's ask the Father. When it comes to worship, no. I'd rather spend two hours worshiping and five minutes asking. That's it. It is done. Someone said the communion of the Spirit. You want me to continue? Because of time. <laughs> There's no time in the spirit. <laughs> Someone say communion. communion. Alright, let me give you one more and then we're done. Let me give you one more.
Are we together? We are following, Baba. Um, let's go to the book of John. Thank you, Jesus. Are you learning something? John chapter. <laughs> Let's start from John chapter 14, um, verse number 15, all the way to verse 18. John chapter 14, verses 15 to 18. Are you there? Amen. Mm -hmm. Can we read? Amen. One. One, one, two, three, go. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. What did he say? I will not what? One more time. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Sunday, on Sunday. What's the date on Sunday? Next Sunday. 19th. 19th. That will be the Sunday of the Alos Palakletos. Another comforter. Sunday of another comforter. But today, allow me to share this one simple concept. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you comfortless. The word there is ophanos. O-R-P-H-A-N-O-S. Ophanos. Or ophani, just add O-S. Yes, so ophani is not English. It's Greek. But they make it sound what? Englishic. But that's fine. It's a Greek word. Ophanos. And Ophanos means someone who is bereaved. Bereaved. You've lost someone that you love. So you become what? Bereaved. Ophanos means someone without parents. You become an orphan. Parentless. Or fatherless. But Jesus says, I will not leave you as an orphan. Orphanos. I'm going to ask the father. And he's going to give you another comforter. Ah, you're not hearing me. He'll give you another what? Comforter. 
that he may abide with you forever. So in other words, you as a child of God, there is never a day, there's never a moment in your life that the word lonely must ever come out of your mouth. Are you hearing me? The devil amplifies your situation to make it look like everyone has abandoned you. But it's not true. You can never find yourself in a situation where you are totally abandoned by everybody. Because Jesus made sure that you do not find yourself abandoned by everyone. By asking the Father to give you the Holy Ghost. To be with you forever. Are you hearing me? So you can never be an orphan. You can never be bereaved in that context. Are you hearing me? Why? Because you are given a comforter. You are given the Holy Ghost to be with you always. So in other words, you need to learn to cultivate fellowship with this Holy Spirit who is with you. I know we understand the dimension of the Holy Ghost in us. But we've never understood the dimension of the Holy Ghost with the us. <laughs> hey! Are you hearing me? Someone say in us. And with us. There's a third one. I'll leave that alone. There's a third dimension upon us, but I'll leave that alone. Because we only know about the upon us from the Old Testament. The Holy Ghost came upon them. Upon them. It's okay. But there's the in us. The in feeling when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. But that's not all. There's the with the us. Dimension. Jesus says this Holy Ghost when he's come. He shall be with, with, with you. He shall be with you. He has been with you. And he shall be in you, but also he shall be with you in that dimension. So you're talking about dimensions of the Holy Spirit. So don't just get stuck with the, the tiny dimension, which is the infeeding. No, there are other dimensions outside that. There's the, the with us, where you talk to him, where you have a conversation with him, where you talk with him to an extent where you, your senses get so activated to begin to feel his presence. Oh, now, now you're hearing me. Where you begin to feel his what? Presence with you. And the problem is our mind. It hasn't been renewed. We only believe what we see with our eyes. We don't know that we are people who are not functioned by our eyes. We do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. And faith is knowledge based on truth. And the truth is says you've got the Holy Ghost with you. He is your partner. He's supposed to be someone that you talk to. You have conversations with. As a with you partner. Have conversations with the Holy Ghost. As a with you partner. Who is with you everywhere you go. Who is with you in everything that you do. Who is with you even when you are going into the jungle. He walks along and says, you are going into the jungle now. You are going off the tracks. He's talking to you. Like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> so a child of God can never claim that they didn't know that they were going into the jungle. Amen. They were switching off that sound. 
they were switching off the voice. They wanted to hear the other one, come with me. I'm going to show you something good. Where are you going? Please don't go. You should come with me. <laughs> I love God. I love God. Should I give you another one? Are you sure? Um, <clears throat> no, that's for next week. Amen. Rise on your feet. Rise on your feet. Someone say fellowship. Fellowship. Someone say communion. Communion. Just lift your hands. Say, oh Lord. Oh Lord. I thank you. I thank you for the revelation. For the revelation of the communion. Of the communion of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit in my life. In my life. From this day forward. From this day forward. I will walk. I will walk in fellowship. In fellowship with your spirit. With your spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au. And follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings. And it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed. And until next time, Shalom.